0: Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
1: Hello, I'm Scott Soschnik, And I'm Jacob Feldman. And this is the definitely being recorded this time sports business podcast, The Sportacast.
0: Yeah, that's like watching sort of part two of a fantasy island where you didn't see the first one. Now, you're too young. You probably don't even
1: remember. I'm I'm trying to keep up here, but yeah, you've lost me
0: There's no point in doing cliffhangers. Like, I'm so old. When I would watch network TV when I was younger, there would be cliffhangers, you know, because it was only once a week. There was no VHS. You couldn't record it. You couldn't watch a season binge watching, anything like that. You had to wait a week to see what would happen. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen. You don't get the joy of, oh Mm -hmm. my God, suspenseful moment you know, what's going to happen to Mr. Rourke or Tattoo and it's over. So, you know, you missed out on that. You, you get everything spoon fed to you right now.
1: You, you binge life it's, it's a hard life. Yeah. Do you record oh, yeah. binge watch? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. I, I, of course, I'm binge watching. I watched uh, We Own the City over the course of a weekend recently. Uh, I'm considering catching up on Better Call Saul watch, which I understand is about 80 episodes that I would need to watch in the course of three or four weeks. So that, that's, that's potential. But, uh, but yeah, binge watch um, for sure.
0: All right, I want to get to some of the bigger topics first, but since we're kind of talking about tech and binge watching and and how we watch and how we consume, uh, our pal John Wall Street, aka Corey Leff, wrote something about the Yes Network app. Mm-hmm. Now, do you watch games via app? I mean I only do when I'm in a hotel for, you know, my my focus group of one in a hockey or whatever. Right. I'm stuck in a red roof in somewhere and it's he's gone to sleep and I can't put the TV on. So, I'll watch MSG Go or the NBC app where I can watch a game or something. Uh, ESPN Go, of course. Um, but he seemingly, I can't believe, like, he's like, it was his first time watching with sort of embedded stats. And he seems to have found a never go back experience. Uh, how do you watch? And I, 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 what's your takeaway? Because uh, I'm assuming you have already done this and you know, you've been to the, <laughs> the Promise Lane long before Corey.
1: He, well, yeah, to some degree, you know, I think <laughs> the, the Yankees and, and Yes Network are, are ahead of the game in a lot of ways on this, and so it was a fantastic story. I highly recommend it, whether you are in the Yankees DMA or not. um But but Corey went in detail on the things they're offering in that app, which they've been building over the last couple of years, which includes you know stat overlays, some in-game uh, prediction contests, and and watch parties. The ability for 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 me to watch Scott watch the Yankees, you know, for for the first time uh, ever. Um, and and yeah, so I'm probably. Pri- i'm pretty much with you that i watch on my phone as a secondary outlet whether if the tv is being used if it's you know i'm in bed and i don't want to you know have have noise and, and light and all that then it's on the phone but i think we are getting to the point where you know the second screen thing was was you know the word de jour for i don't know maybe a decade or so But we're getting beyond that too you really need to do more than just have that secondary you know whether it's a social feed or whatever you need all of these things in the same place uh and, and as betting continues to evolve that's going to be there too. And you know, I, I wrote about a year ago, I think we're going to see a divergence in the way sports are presented. It's either going to be one game, many screens. So that's interactive, that's connected. That's what the Yes Network is doing. Or maybe it's in VR, but you have your betting stream in that, in that situation. You're watching one game, you're deeply connected to it. And the other option is many games, one screen. So that's either your Red Zone or your TikTok. That's these short clips, engaging, addictive. Wait, can I throw in another
0: option? Please. What about one screen with many activities?
1: Yes, exactly. That's, I would call that one game, many screen. Oh, you do say
0: one game. You're just saying one,
1: yeah. whatever. But right. Yeah. Because
0: yeah, I envision like the, the three pillars where I think they can extract money from my wallet <laughs> will be your, your live game, of course. So that's on fine. There'll be a social component. So you got a little box of your Twitter or, your or whatever. Friends, or, or, you or your friends. friends or, sure. Yeah, A curated, a, you know, a My Control curated social feed. There'll be sports betting. And there'll be a box at the bottom for e com.
1: Yeah, like exactly. Aaron
0: Judge hits a game-winning grand slam, boom! Buy your Aaron Judge jersey T-shirt. Company they know what's going on in the game. They know you are a Yankees fan. They know you have purchased a Yankees hat before, and now you're going to get fed an
1: ad right there for an Aaron Judge shirt, and or you know an NFT clip of that moment, so you can say that you watched it live, right?
0: Yeah, that, that's fine. So I don't yeah. know if it's second screen, but it's one screen with right,
1: many everything, experiences, and it yeah. takes
0: me back, you know, to my former employer. It takes me back to the old Bloomberg television screen. Which was so busy, and you know, people kind of laughed at that at, at the start. And we're going back 20 years. Yeah, I think it's, it was 20 years, but there was so much happening on that screen. And I think uh, Mike Bloomberg was kind of ahead of the game in how people would digest news, information, entertainment. You know, it, not a clean screen to follow one thing. You had the ticker, you had the news on the right, you had your live broadcast in the middle, breaking news at the top, wherever it was. You had to be able to multitask looking at that screen.
1: Yeah, and there has been some pushback to that. I think I've seen some people calling for, you know, let's get rid of the scoreline on games or, you know, we don't need all this mumbo-jumbo, but I mean, the truth is this next generation, you do need to constantly be appealing for their attention. And so the, people aren't going to like that, but that, that is where we are going, is it's got to be non-stop action whether it's, you know, we've seen the, these cartoon versions where you've got cartoons popping up in the corner of the screen at all times. That's where that's where things are going, and maybe maybe one day there will be a, a feed for, you know, us, us old folk who, who like to watch just the game, but uh, it'll definitely be the, the alternative experience going forward.
0: Right now, I don't want to take away the fact that winning matters too. Okay, so the Yankees are like 15 games up in the American League East. And shrinking, after. but, but yes. yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, but not, not, I mean, shrinking for the one loss. But right, like right, overall, right. Over the last 10, I believe the Yankees actually widened their, their lead over your Red Sox by one game. Thank you <laughs> sure. very much. Um, my first game, by the way, uh, I don't know if you've listened in, on those few times when I've mentioned my first baseball game ever. Uh, 1977, Game Six of the World Series against the Dodgers. Do you know what happened in that game? You're I going don't, again. No, uh, a, a guy named Reggie Jackson might have hit three home runs. Uh-huh. So that was my first baseball game ever. Did you go home with with
1: a uh, Reggie Jackson T-shirt or or, I, I, or tattoo? D- or? D-
0: different back then. I had one of those little <laughs> little Instagram what Instagramic camera, whatever it was. Uh-huh. So I still have in a little old photo book. I have pictures. What is, I mean, you can't tell, but it's Reggie <laughs> going around second base and the streamers are coming down. Yeah. I have pictures of the scoreboard and all that. So that was my proof. There, I, I mean, I guess I could have had a picture of myself, but there were no selfies really then. I didn't turn the camera around. Nobody took a picture of me. No one had It was me of taking pictures yeah. of the field. Right, right. right no, that's,
1: that's fantastic.
0: Nowadays, I would have flipped the other way around. I would have had the scoreboard behind me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, We've learned. The, yeah. from, from Corey's story, this is the line I enjoy. The regional sports network we're talking about, yes, now reports daily user registrations are up 45% year-over-year, season-to-date. The total number of hours viewed on the app is up 83%. Unique viewers per game have climbed 33%. And the time spent per unique viewer has risen 10%. Yeah. So all green arrows pointing up yes in all important categories
1: yeah and the one number that jumped out to me there was he, he was talking about the in-game prediction game that they have and, and 40% of users that try that come back and try it again within 14 days so that's what you want right you want people coming in for the Red Sox game maybe and then saying okay you know maybe I'm going to come here every evening or, or once a week and, and, and spend some time in this app I
0: love how they use human psychology though against the viewer because if you're right you want to come back because you're so smart and you want to prove how smart you are if you're wrong you're like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, I'm pretty smart. I can get yeah, this right. Yeah, like, exactly. you, want, you want a second chance. You want a mulligan on it. Anyway, so uh, again, I, I don't know where it's going, but I do know between the data that teams, broadcasters will collect on fans slash customers, mm-hmm. uh, not only the credit card, of course, as people get more comfortable putting the credit card down, uh, it's I go back to the gamification where the Xbox has the account linked, there's in-game purchases. You know, if you want to get a little better chance of winning the game, sure. you need this better skin and for so, this week. And then you're yeah, need yeah, your next week. And yeah. yeah, but kids are used to that now. So as they get a little bit older, they'll be sort of more comfortable. Like I hate it because it's, I mean they're evil geniuses, absolutely evil geniuses. All parents should hate <laughs> these in-game purchases because the kids they don't even realize there's money involved, right? There really isn't like you really have to monitor this stuff because they've made it so damn easy to separate me from my money and my credit card. So and it's you know,
1: it's about time for these sports teams, I think, to to learn from what what the innovations that have happened there in that gaming space. if if you want to compete for for attention, for eyeballs, for interest, you have to be, and for for better or worse, you have to be playing these same tricks.
0: All right, so let let's just smooth that uh, a little topic here because we're we're talking about media, we're talking about sports and consumption. UEFA rights are yes. coming up. Yes. Uh, not not the smoothest segue there, but you know we're still in media. This will sort <laughs> of be it. sort of your set top box, you know, if you will, your main screen. Yeah, we're we the
1: channel over. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ex- exactly. So uh, obviously UEFA, what, the major property there is Champions League.
1: Mm-hmm, right.
0: W- what's the value? Where do you see? Uh, uh, it's not too hard to predict that there will be many bidders, and everybody knows the basics of economics. More bidders equals more money.
1: Yeah, so I think the current number for, for those um, catching up is around 150 million per year, and the expectation being set now is double that. So we're talking 300 million a year, maybe over two billion over the course of six years, beginning in 2024. And like you said, all the major players. So that's Disney, it's CBS. Yeah,
0: this would be known as what's known as tier one sports ah, rights. Right. Yes. Right. There, there seems to be no end in the inflation for. Oh, I'm sorry, I used a dirty
1: word these days. Inflation, uh-huh.
0: there, there, but there seems to be no end in sight for the escalation in price for tier one sports rights
1: and while we're talking about inflation champions league is getting bigger too this is the thing that really jumps out to me is so they're moving from 32 to 36 teams continuing to add you know like we we talked about last week the potential acc pac-12 uh quote-unquote championship game here again it's just more product and they're also going to be adjusting the schedule so they used to take a break from december january february now there's no break right because a break is the worst thing that a streaming service can have because that's when you lose users. So now the schedule is going to go all the way September to May. Uh, you know, it'll be up to the, the streaming service to, to give you something over the summer. But uh, that longer runtime, the more product, that's, that's all people are looking for. And that's why you're seeing whether it's conferences expanding, whether it's UEFA Championship League expanding, more and more teams, more and more games. It's what you're going to continue to see.
0: And this could be a flat-out staccato no. Like, <laughs> no, 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 but... I ask you, have you seen anything on the data as to when people cancel these subscriptions? I I am fascinated by the psychology of the pricing of Netflix. Now, they didn't just pick a number, right? They had to have done extensive psychological research into what is the number whereby I see it on my credit card statement, if people (laughs) even look at their credit card statement anymore. But for those that do, that you see it, you realize, you know... I don't think anybody, I know I didn't watch it this month. I'm not sure if anybody in my family watched it, but it's only, and I air quote only, $8.99, $999, whatever, whatever it was at the start. Uh, I think it's now it's like $12.99 to 13 I can't remember. Funny, I just got I think my it mail. might be
1: 16 depending on what you're on.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think I got mine today. It's it like flashed. <laughs> Any, anytime I get charged, I want to make sure I know. Let me see if I can find Like like we're going to do this in real time here. I'm going go through here to see if I can find it. There it is. There it is. Netflix.com 1652. Yes, there you go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. See now that is no know I uh, know better than you what you're spending on Netflix. That well that, see, that just yeah. shows
0: like maybe maybe the psychology. I've just become so damn numb to it because I it's just thought it was 1399. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, all right, I know my wife, I know my son, there was stranger things, they're watching this. So I'm getting value. Right? It's it's okay because I know it's being used. But if I had a suspicion that it wasn't being used, what would that like would I be okay with seeing 1652? Or what I like? Why am I wasting sixteen bucks? That's like one gallon of gas these days, <laughs> yeah, right? right. I, I I could use that for something else. Um, so, but you talked about that break. You you've seen yeah. or what, what's what's your hypothesis on the break in streaming services in terms of subscriptions and people staying with it?
1: Yeah, it's the biggest number, most important number. I mean, maybe second to total subscribers, but everything, especially on Wall Street, is about churn rate. And so, Netflix for a very long time had the lowest churn, had people staying on the longest, and that's why they. Had such a high uh, stock price, and then and why that- was
0: that? Was that what people like? People were using it all the time, or was it like, yeah, hey, it was eight bucks a month. I'll keep it, even though I'm not using it. It's no big deal.
1: Yeah, I think it was both. And I think we've seen also there was less competition for that eight bucks. Now people are like, oh, maybe I'll switch to Paramount for a month and I'll binge that content, and then I'll come back, or uh, you know, maybe I, maybe I need uh, to get Paramount because they have Champions League. Uh, I, I think we're just seeing that competition, and, and this why it's interesting. Once again, Netflix is not on this list of expected bidders. For freeway for they're staying out of, of sports, you know, that there's stories that they bid on an F1 at a much lower rate, you know, not a serious bid as far as we can tell. Uh, and I think that does go back to this churn problem that they're having, they're going to need to find ways to solve it if they're not turning to year round sports the way these other services are.
0: And even it used to be that the sports rights were so darn expensive, but you could come up with original content at a reasonable price. But now you're seeing even the cost of some of these original content
1: big time shows, that's you know, that's up there. You might as well just buy the sports. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's what Amazon's doing, is it's just buying just buying the sports. And obviously this is all up against the backdrop of the Super League and and everything going on uh, there as well.
0: And we'll come full circle because let's not forget who's an investor in the yes network. Amazon.
1: That's a connection. We should if we had done that as the bridge before. We'd really be a, be a high quality podcast.
0: It's Monday. It's Monday. It <laughs> is a high, it's the highest quality podcast apps because we brought it around, you know, but you it go. wasn't an accident
1: yeah. that you know, they brought in an
0: Amazon and Sinclair. You know, you get the heft of the RSN distribution in Sinclair, and you get to dabble with Amazon in terms of, and again, this is part of that puzzle we were talking about. It's not just streaming of Amazon, it's the core competency of ECOM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, absolutely. The Yankees are a global brand, right? You're going to ship Yankee hats all over the world. So now how do we, you know, bring in what synergistic partners? What else do they bring? Uh, I've heard the general partners, the managing general partners of sports teams have said the same thing to me now for, and it's pretty new, I'll say the last maybe two years. Okay. That, oh, sure, you know, we're selling a piece of a team. We know you need to bring the money. So all bidders being equal, let's say there's five, 10 bidders who are willing to give me $50 million for, you know, 10% of my team great. Or maybe one's willing to give me a little bit more. The, what I'm hearing from GPs is that you need to bring much more than just capital. Mm. You need to bring some sort of strategic advantage. What do I need in my ownership? Maybe it is streaming. Yep. Maybe it's e-com. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's real estate. Maybe it's finance. But what, whatever that team views it needs... Is sort of the, that core competency that they'll bring in strategic partners for, because then they can do everything in house. So it's that added benefit. Maybe worth even taking a few few less shekels if it <laughs> means I'm getting a partner that can help me make more money down the road.
1: There you go. You want to uh, pivot that into a couple ownership stories that we have? Uh, oh, pivot. Go by all means pivot. And by the way, we should say Novi
0: Williams at the moment is flying home from. Uh, we believe it was Scotland, right? Yes. So he said it was a little bit cold. I, I heard
1: he was on the plane. Yes, he has not been. We have not canceled our, our Evan subscriptions uh, after a couple of years. We are we are maintaining those.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's he's on the plane. He'll be back. Uh, he'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I'll be here. I can't. You know, I got a lot of travel coming <laughs> where do the next you go? couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember where I'm going to be. I'll be in <laughs> Connecticut, and then I'm headed to L.A. for the baseball All Star game.
1: Okay. Oh, My nice. travel
0: back from there, I think, may be Wednesday after the game. So it could be a Novi Williams. Jacob Feldman podcast on that Wednesday. Just a heads up. I don't if want people want to rest it, on your let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll clamor for more. But go ahead. What are we talking about? Ownership. All
1: right, we're talking. We're talking Condi Rice, uh, former U.S. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. Uh, the Denver Broncos announced today that she's going to be part of that ownership group, which is not officially, officially, official uh, as far as the owners of the Broncos, but will be soon. That group's led by Rob Walton and Greg Penner and Kerry Walton Penner. Uh, what, what, what does what does Miss Rice bring to the group? As you were talking about that value. Well, first of all,
0: I thought that. Condi wanted to be the commissioner of the NFL. I
1: was right? going to ask, do you think this brings her closer or farther from, from that job?
0: Is that, that's a good question. It, it depends if, in her capacity as LP in the Broncos, she either befriends more owners or does something <laughs> that, you know, pips or, you know, uh, miffs some other NFL owners. You know, this, this could go both ways for her. But as we saw uh, at the Super Bowl, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, said he wanted uh, black ownership. In the NFL. Now, of course, the majority owner, um, Rob Walton, had $70 billion mm-hmm. at his disposal, right. but he did include Melody Hobson, a black woman, in the ownership group. And now you've got Condi Rice, and we don't know whether she has 0.25%, half a percent, 1%. It's, you know, it'll be a small stake in the team. But as we know, that people do this for several reasons. They, they, why would I give money for a small ownership stake in a team and have no mm-hmm. control and all that stuff? There's, one is ego. Uh, she was <laughs> Secretary of State. I don't think it's Condi Rice kind of flexing ego. Right. That, oh, people I own know who she 100% is. Yeah. of yeah, I know. people. She can probably get any meeting she wants. She's right. Condi Rice, right? Same Melody Hobson, right? Um, but oftentimes, they do it as a training ground to see whether down the road they would like to pursue a controlling stake in a professional sports team doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the NFL, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a total learning ground. There is some ego. There's a learning ground. There is, there's also the component where you can utilize the team to help you in a core business. Uh, you, know, it's, you can have a court, a meeting in the locker room, court, a meeting on the field, whatever. It's just something that nobody else can do if they don't have a piece of the team. So uh, the motivation for Condi Race, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really interested to see. I wouldn't doubt if down the road she looks to become uh, further entrenched or more involved in a team, yeah. does, does she have the money to be a control owner in the NFL? No. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as we see the appreciation in the assets, right? right? Doubling every three or four years. So uh, if we're looking at four, six, five, you know, help me do the math real fast, you know, like nine, two billion mm-hmm. if we wait another three or four years or 20 <laughs> if uh, we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks, could be that long. Right. So, you know, there are many, many reasons. But clearly, Greg Penner, uh, Rob Walton were listening when the commissioner said that we would like to see more people of color in the ownership ranks in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and I also think it's worth noting, uh, Rice does have some Denver ties, which I was had forgotten or was yeah, not that's aware funny. of. You
0: know, I saw I saw that too. I, I did not realize yeah, that. Yeah,
1: so she moved to Denver when she was twelve. She attended the University of Denver, so I, you know, makes total sense for for her, for them to ask her. I think, like you said, we'll kind of see what. Her reasoning is, I'm still thinking about how last week you said, you don't you know, know why a lot of people want to be owners. So, so if they came to you and said, you know, if you put a mortgage on your house and maybe every other house in your neighborhood and, and get 0.1% of the Broncos, you would, what would you say?
0: I, well, first of all, it's like a negotiation. What do I get for that? Yeah. Like, are, are there, and not that capital calls really matter in the NFL because they're all profitable, <laughs> but you know, what do I get? Like, that's what I need to know because- if it's really like just a good seat if that do I need to buy my own tickets also mm-hmm. do I get a jacket that says right. owner do I get a business card that says owner do I get to fly on the team plane once a year do I get to hang out with the mascot what what is it what is the benefit when the Mets had to sell the 20 million dollar stakes the beauty from an investor standpoint is that there was a and a lot of people don't know this yes you got to have Mr. Met and all that you know for a birthday party or something like that but from an investor standpoint the beauty of the deal was there was a guaranteed return. You, were get, you, know, you, you could get a CD, a treasury, whatever. And I guess nowadays, I bond, right? that's, that, that's the hot thing. It'd be 9%. 9%. Um, but you, you, were, you were guaranteed a pretty good return. I, I'm not looking at my notes. I don't remember exactly what it was. Sure. But you were guaranteed to make money. And then at the end of that time, you had the option of whether to sell or keep. Yeah. But then, yeah. But then oh, by the way, you're also exempt from capital calls. I think it was a five-year term. You were exempt from capital calls, where if you then held the stake, then, of course, you were subject to capital calls, which, by the way, any LPs in the Mets are still paying because Steve Cohen's losing a bunch of money each year. <laughs> I think he's happy if they win the World Series. He's not really concerned yeah. about the capital calls. So uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it would have to come down to, what do I get? If the answer is nothing other than the right to tell people that I own a piece of the Denver Broncos. I got to tell you, I, I'm not. My ego is not so fragile, Jacob. You'll take a nice vacation instead. I, I'll take a nice vacation. I'll buy season tickets. Like Mike Rapoli mm-hmm. said that about the Mets. Why? Why would I mm. want to own this team? What? Why would I? You know, all the headaches that come with it. Um, going back to the Dan Gilbert, what's it like to be LeBron's boss? LeBron doesn't have a boss. Look, look at Joe Sy right now. He must be. I haven't talked to Joe about this, but man, how frustrating that you put together a trio of stars. You think you got a really good shot. You know, I was with him. I happened to be with Joe. I was traveling with Joe the day after they lost Game Seven in overtime. I and I thought, I thought he was going to be. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really difficult to be hanging <laughs> with the owner. Like, this is this is bad. Yeah. He, I, I will say, he he brought a very measured uh, approach to the whole thing, hmm. which which is good because many. Well, other he probably owners, thought
1: they would be back too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But could you imagine like something tells me if that was Steve Ballmer, mm-hmm. oh he God. would have been more affected, right? right. And that doesn't say that Joe's in care, maybe just the personality. Right. Or personality. maybe he thought it's a building block and yeah, we'll be back and we're learning, you know, a learning experience. And now all of a sudden I have to trade Kevin Durant <laughs> and yeah. James Harden is gone and man, it's it is a you can do everything right and still not win. A player could turn an ankle Just a hurt feeling. Who knows? It is a tough, tough business. And why do I want to do it? Does it help me in other Corp? Again, there could be more reasons. Does it help me in other things? Like Mikhail Prokhorov, from what I understand, one of the big, speaking of the Nets, one of the big reasons why he wanted to buy the team was because it gave him instant legitimacy. Right. It gave him entree to the United States and investment in anything he wanted to do, because no longer it was whoa, 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 what is the you know Russian guy rich? What's the source of the money? Do we have to do due diligence? You know, um, it was oh he owns the Nets, he's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. the Nets owner, right?
1: And he had value all of a sudden, right?
0: Yeah, the, the, big value add. The assumption was that David Stern at all had done the due diligence right. already and let him in the club. Yeah, so everything's fine. Yeah, it's
1: so, a fantastic but, example.
0: So that's an example for him where it made sense, like. You know, he came in with grand proclamations. Championship within five years. D- did he care if they won or lost? I don't know. I- I- I'm sure he wanted to build a winning team, but you know, there are certain owners that will live and die with each game. <laughs> I right. don't think he was one of those.
1: We got a couple minutes left, so we do a quick check-in on another owner who is uh, holding on to to his stake, uh, holding on with, with a fierce, a vice grip, if you will. Yes, exactly. What, what, what's the latest with Dan Snyder? Well, apparently Congress
0: would like to speak with Mr. Snyder. And I love the photo that ran with <laughs> all of the, almost every story where it was yeah. sort of the name, Mr. Snyder, and there was nobody sitting in the chair, mm-hmm. you know, picture worth a thousand words. Where, where is he? Yeah. Well, Mike McCann tells us that the reason he is not showing up, uh, one religious, right. It's the year anniversary of his mother's passing. Right? And by the way, he's traveling. He's on vacation. It's very, it's very difficult to, uh, to, uh, make, make an appearance if you're traveling and you have religious reasons. So, uh, what Mike tells us that the prevailing sentiment is that Dan Snyder is hoping for the, croc- the clock to run out on this Congress, where if the Republicans gain control, this won't be an issue for him anymore.
1: Right. It's a classic football strategy, you know, try, try to run, run the, the ball clock. out. You run yeah. the ball, keep the <laughs> clock moving, do not step out of bounds, do yeah. not drop the ball. Yeah, and wait right. for the Republicans to take over. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> First and 10 going the other way, going <laughs> exactly. to the right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> moving from left to right
1: uh, for, <laughs> for the go. overtime. There you go.
0: All right. Anyway, uh, Jacob, thanks so much. We, I'm sure we will see you uh, next week. I mean, I'm see if Novi Williams wants to call upon you, but I, I'm going to suggest that he goes that route. Yeah, sounds good.
1: All right, give, me, well. give
0: him your Twitter again. You know, Jacob Feldman 4, is that it? You got it. It's memorable. At Jacob right. Feldman
1: 4 on Twitter. All right,
0: the original guy is Evan Novi Williams. You can find him on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick, simply at Soshnick. Uh, our digital media editor is Cor Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sporticast, which is the hub of what will soon become the Sportical Media Network.